Greetings and welcome to The Dividing Line on a Tuesday. Yesterday we spent uh, over an hour and a half or so on Radio Free Geneva. Much more interesting theme music uh, for Radio Free Geneva, but uh, we we love our normal theme. And and uh, I, I still feel really badly that Seb Goldswain has uh, recorded this beautiful music for me to use behind teaching videos. I haven't done it yet. I, I, we got our green screen. Um, man, that thing's tricky to put up and put down. Uh, well, it's even tricky to put up, but uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. Um, but then then I started looking at programs to use with that thing to record. It's like, oh, good grief. I, I don't have time to go back to school for a year uh, to do this. So we'll see what comes of it. Um, it's a it's it's a pain. It really is. All these photo video programs are just just ridiculous. Um, you know, it, you you would think someone would put together a program that is actually easy to use and can do lots of cool stuff, and it's intuitive. But no, it's yeah, it's it's a mess. Anyhow, um, so we did that yesterday, and so there's a. So much stuff to catch up, catch up with. Uh, I mean, I don't even know wh- where to start because I'm looking at all the all the stuff that I've put into the into the hopper here, and I I don't even know where to start. You have to go all the way back to July 3rd. What's you know what's 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 today? So four days ago. How do you how can you even catch up with everything? You you can't keep up with everything that's going on right now. I mean, there's so much happening that you catch a, a news article. And, you know, this big, huge uh, protest, violence, another statue falling to the ground stuff, and it doesn't even get, get, get covered anymore. It's just sort of like, yeah, that's what's happening, and it's, it's almost become like, oh, all right, that's how things are right now. And I think we've all just recognized they're going to stay that way to November. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. And um, just saw a notification that I can't travel to Chicago uh, unless I want to sit there for two weeks, two-week quarantine. Funny thing is, the standard they're using for setting that, they themselves cannot pass. <laughs> Literally, the numbers that they set, they say, well, Arizona has too many new cases per... No, notice they don't, they don't talk about deaths anymore. That's irrelevant. It's got to be cases, because the death numbers... Bleep, um, because it's the, the virus runs its course. You eventually get what's called hit. Um, and that's the herd immunity threshold. And once you get there, then the cases start going down and the virus dies. And that's how it's supposed to work. And we have done everything in our power to keep that from happening. So just spread it out as long as you can, like to November. Uh, What? November 4th. Whenever it is, November. Um, so anyways, we've got that stuff going on. And so uh, Illinois, Chicago, and uh, the city, and then Illinois as a state would not be able to travel to Chicago, <laughs> given their own, given their own uh, case load. Um, yeah, it's just the insanity continues on. And uh, so I couldn't travel. Not like that's where I want to go anyways, uh, especially on the weekend. Uh, no, not interested in... I realize it's particular neighborhoods. I, I, I get it. Um, but it's spreading out from there. And we all saw the horrific video of the, the, the dad that was shot dead in the middle of the street walking his daughter. 
uh, his little daughter saw her daddy shot down in the street. And, oh, it's just... Uh, and then friends of ours, close friends of ours up in uh, Nevada, uh, arson fires uh, were started in, in around the town of Minden and Gardnerville. And they were evacuating last night, started in seven different places with no storms. Huh. Wonder how that happened. Um, arson fires uh, up in that area. And last I heard, everybody was okay. And they, the fires came within half a mile of, uh, of destroying their homes. And there were a lot of homes that were destroyed. And there had been threats from Antifa and uh, BLM in that area. And wow. So it's, it's just like, how do you even know what to go to? One thing I did want to look at uh, was from back on July 4th. Uh, Christian College says student who questioned BLM on TikTok is no longer enrolled after disciplinary process. And so I tweeted out, I wanted to see specifically what this young lady had done. And no one could find me the videos but the stills that I got, um, and it was from TikTok, was she basically said, um, if you have black on black violence, then it's everybody's sort of like, ho hum. Um, but if you have a white cop on black person, and then the, she changed the background to burning buildings, which is exactly right, of course, which has been proven over and over again every weekend over the past couple of months. Um, Almost, almost all of the shootings and the deaths have been black-on-black violence. That's what's going on. And until finally... Recently, you have children. Now, now you've, you've had children dying in Chicago for years, years, over and over again. I've, I've talked on this program years ago. Kids in bed being shot by drive-bys. This has been going on for years, but their names are almost never even mentioned the mainstream media doesn't do anything about it at all because it doesn't fit the narrative. It, it doesn't help to promote uh, the narrative of the left because it's black on black violence. Now, if those were white cops doing the shooting, then, oh, yeah, obviously that then you, you send every reporter you have and helicopters and everything else uh, to make sure to cover all of it. But as long as it's black on black violence, I saw a black minister that I could name the name. Basically saying that what happened to George Floyd is so much worse than the dozens of people dying every weekend from black-on-black violence because he has a position of authority, and that makes it worse. So you have one man dying that way, and that's worse than a hundred being killed by their, their own people. You can't reason with that. There's, there's no reasoning with it. It's, it's completely narrative-driven. And once that narrative gets a deep hold, there is no dislodging it. Well, there is. Uh, it's called getting saved. But um, there, there's no arguing with it because everything gets interpreted in light of 
that particular narrative. And so um, Hardin Simmons University evidently got rid of this white young lady for daring to go, hey, look around. There's, there's complete inconsistency. Um, c- com- complete inconsistency as to how these things are handled. She understands correctly and rightly that there is a narrative being pushed that coverage and outrage is limited to particular subjects and to particular actions, and it has nothing to do with actual life or justice or anything like it at all. So what is a allegedly Christian university doing kicking a student out for being wise enough to recognize what's going on around her? Well, the purpose, obviously, is to get the message out. Don't look around you. Don't speak. Don't use your freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of speech anyways. And now what's happening today is, well, she's a white girl, and that means she's a racist anyways. That's literally where we are. And if you want the evidence of that, wow. Um, Well, here, before I get to that one, um, Dr. Uh, Stephen Sue, HSU, I'm assuming the H is, I don't I wouldn't even know how to pronounce the H. Anyways, Dr. Physicist Stephen Sue has been forced out of his role as Vice President of Research and Innovation at Michigan State University after he promoted a 2019 study that found there to be no racial bias in incidents of officer-involved shootings. So you have, and I recall this study, a peer-reviewed paper that finds no evidence of racial bias in incidents of officer-involved shootings. That That's a fact. The, the numbers bear that out. But to even mention that as an academic, end of your career. That's it. If you're an academic, you simply have to chant the mantra, BLM, BLM, say it over and over again, ignore the facts, ignore the numbers, and you'll be all right. Don't say anything truthful. That's where we are. That's literally where we are right now. The mob has taken over. And... It's just a matter of time till they get to all of us. It, there's a lot of us to get to. And if we don't start pushing back, if we don't start standing up and saying this is immoral, it's wrong, it's evil, at least we have a basis for saying. They're using all of our words. They're talking about evils and things like that. But they have no basis in their worldview to defend such uh, accusations. They can't. It's just their personal opinion. It's what the state says. Well, it's what they want the state to say, and they're f- forcing the state to say so. But they have, no, they have no meaningful way of defending this. And conservatives who have abandoned the Christian worldview likewise don't have any meaningful basis other than, well, it's just how we've always done things. So we're the ones that can actually push back and say, hey, you want sanity again? You had borrowed sanity from us for a long time. And then you started going, you know, it would be a little bit more fun not to have these strictures and the morality and, you know, that kind of stuff. So let's, let's go ahead and start playing around with all this insanity of profaning marriage and boys can be girls and girls can be boys just because they feel like it that day. 
and we, we've played around with all that stuff. Well, now the bets are off. You've got no basis for arguing with what these people are doing. Doesn't matter whether you're conservative or not. You've given up on all that stuff. Hey, folks, we've got the only light that shines in the darkness. We've got the only light that shines in the darkness. We can tell people who they really are. The, the light from the empty tomb continues to shine today. And, man, it's getting dark. It is getting very, very, very dark. So here, here's, here's a scholar, and it doesn't have anything to do with what he's, what he's really doing, but since he dared to say, well, actually, now notice, he is a POC, but it's the wrong C. He's a person of color, but it's the wrong color. He's Asian. And look, folks, you want to go to some of the most racist, anti-black countries in the world? Go to Asia. Go to China. Go to China. We showed you the video just, what, two months ago of, of one of the commercials there in China that played on the deep racial animosity, the real racism in China against blacks. Um, do you think, simple question here, do you think a black person can go to China and start their own business and ex- expect to succeed in China today? Do you think they have the freedom under the Chinese system to do that or under the American system to do that? How many black superstars are making $500 million in China? Where do, where do black superstars make their money? In the most racist nation on the earth, from what we're being told? Or probably the least racist nation? Ah, yeah. Hmm. I know, I know. I'm doomed because that's not the narrative. That's not what you're... That, that's not, so it's about. Big Brother wants a different narrative. We have always been fighting East Asia. Or is it Eurasia? We can't keep track anymore. But we've always been fighting the same people. If you haven't read 1984, you didn't get that. But anyway. So yesterday, I think, a, an article popped up. BLM Toronto leader believes white people are subhuman, calls them genetic defects. So the Black Lives Matter Toronto co-founder wrote an article. Yusra Kogali wrote the post on Facebook, I think. Um, And I, I, I tracked it down. I tracked it down. I want you to hear this. I'm, I'm going to move it over here so that, yeah, I, I, you need, we need to understand what's going on. Okay. We need, it's not enjoyable, but we need to be aware of, of what's around us. So Yusra Kigali, Toronto, Ontario. Throughout this, the term human is used, human, humanness. It's spelled H-U-M-X-N-E-S-S. Because you don't want to put man in it, because that would be um, gender, genderly wrong or something. <sighs> Anyways, whiteness is not humanness. In fact, white skin is subhuman. All phenotypes exist within the black family, and white people are a genetic defect of blackness. 
White people have a higher concentration of enzyme inhibitors that suppress melanin production. They are genetically deficient because melanin is present at the inception of life. Melanin is directly linked to fertility and the human reproductive system. Melanin is directly linked to strong bones. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of the nervous system. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of senses such as vision and hearing. Melanin is directly linked to the strength of neural systems affecting capacities like intelligence, memory, and creativity. Melanin enables black skin to capture light and hold it in its memory mode, which reveals that blackness converts light into knowledge. Melanin directly communicates with cosmic energy. This is why the indigeneity of all humanity, indigenous, comes from blackness. We are the first and strongest of all humans, and our genetics are the foundation of all humanity. Melanin is essential for the efficient performance of all the body's natural functions. Therefore, white people are recessive genetic defects. This is factual. White people need white supremacy as a mechanism to protect their survival as a people because all they can do is produce themselves. Black people, simply through their dominant genes, can literally wipe out the white race if we had the power to. It is why white supremacy as an imperial system thrives. It tries to control, suppresses, and destroy our existence in blackness because we are a threat to the genetic annihilation of white people. Do you ever wonder how black people, after centuries of colonial violence, genocide, and destruction, no matter what systems created to make us extinct, how we keep coming back? It is because we are superhumans. Ever heard anything like that before? I have. From the white supremacists of the 19th century. Um, That is true racism. That is black racism. That is black supremacy. That's black supremacy. That is the old style racism. The vile, um, must be condemned by everyone kind of racism being promoted by a black woman. And, of course, given that one of the top-selling books in our country right now is the absurd, the D'Angelo's White Fragility is the kind of book that causes anyone who has ever studied logic to want to gouge their eyes out with rusty nails. It's that bad. This woman could not survive cross-examination in a meaningful debate for 14 seconds before she would be contradicting herself. It's one of the... There are entire corporations forcing their people to read this book right now. She will tell you that what she... what, What we just read, which is clearly black racism, is not racism at all. It can't be, by definition. By definition, this is what happens when you tell a people, when you tell a people group for enough generations, you can't be racists. You are immune to racism. You tell people long enough and you will produce the biggest explosion of it you've ever seen. Did you hear that? Now, the reality is most of that stuff was absurd on any scientific level whatsoever. But today you can't say that. Look what happened to Dr. Sue. Okay? Look, look, look what happens when some, someone, 
within this narrative, if you push back and say the facts say that's a demonstration you're a racist. If you're silent, it's a demonstration you're a racist. If you walk away, it's a demonstration you're a racist. It is an irrational, incomprehensible, it, it is a it is an embarrassment to any adult human being to think in the way that is now being thought in many corporate boardrooms in West in, in, in the West. That's just the way it is. The reality is, even from a naturalistic perspective, even if you are a naturalist, even if, even if you are a Darwinian, the amount of melanin, we all have melanin. We all have melanin. When, when, I, was, when I was 13, 14 years old, <laughs> I had a huge amount of melanin because this was before we understood how bad it was to be exposed to the sun all the time. And a friend of mine went out in July for a couple weeks in a row and played tennis between noon and three o'clock in the afternoon in Phoenix. Um, I was, I didn't have an ounce of fat left on my body and I was dark man as you could possibly be. I've, I've got melanin and your body produces it and utilizes it in response to what? Solar radiation, exposure to the sun. Now, if you live in Norway, you don't need it. And from a Darwinian perspective, it would be a waste of energy, a waste of bodily energy or genetic energy to produce more of it. You don't need it. There's, there's insufficient solar radiation for it to be a, an evolutionary. I'm speaking, you might want to talk evolution here. From an evolutionary perspective, it would not have a benefit to you. So it would be a waste. So all and then this all this stuff about affecting capacities like intelligence, memory, and creativity. Man, that's 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 what the Nazis were saying. Okay, that that's that's Nazi stuff. And then um, it's memory mode, which reveals that blackness converts light into knowledge. Oh, okay. Melanin directly communicates with cosmic energy. Well, actually, melanin's purpose is to block out harmful ultraviolet rays, actually, um, that can destroy and cause, well, skin cancer and, and everything else. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about intelligence and cosmic energy, and you've got some woo-woo stuff going on here. Um, so this is all goofy silliness but I can guarantee you in the climate we have today there are way too many people who think it's true and this is black supremacy this is black racism in its fullest expression and yet we live in a day where no it can't be that's not what it is that's just someone you know expressing the incoherence, inconsistency, insanity is absolutely right on the surface. But this is your co-founder of Black Lives Matter in, uh, in Canada, in, uh, in Toronto. Uh, I didn't see any eh. No, no S. Eh, eh, no. Uh, we are superhumans. Eh. I didn't see that. So, but anyway. Um, yeah. Yusra 
Kigali. Uh, it, it said K period Ali, but they gave the full name Kogali, K-H-O-G-A-L-I, in the, uh, in the article. Beautiful young lady, but really deceived and a racist to the core. In the sense of reprehensible racism, in the sense of if a white were a racist like this, they'd want to join the KKK type thing. Or like what you see in China against blacks, same type of racism. The reprehensible sinful type, not the newfangled you're racist because you're a certain color type. Uh, that's, that's something uh, very, uh, very different. And that you're getting uh, in so many different contexts, including, and I, um, I may have missed that. Oh, drat. There was a uh, article, and I do have it. I, I don't have it up, but uh, there was an article that gave some of the material, uh, and I thought I saved that. I, I don't. Uh, okay, it's it's missing. I I thought I. It, who knows? Maybe I saved it something at home or something like that. I don't know. But um, it was a uh, amazing uh, series of screenshots from where else? Seattle. This is this is one of the center points of the communist revolution in the United States. Is uh, Seattle. Um, once again, sponsored by the government, basically saying to people, you, it, it is the most anti, well, actually, yeah, here we go. Uh, there is some parts of it. There is a uh, article out today by Rod Dreher, uh, called the comp of the woke, the comp of the woke. And uh, look it up. Uh, TheAmericanConservative.com has it. I'm sure some others uh, have it as well. But he is talking about his experience in having visited a display once about the rise of anti-Semitism in Nazi Germany and the fact that it had existed amongst the people in various forms long before the the Nazis came to power and they just simply played upon it and utilized it toward their own ends. But he points out a tremendous amount of parallel between what happened back then that eventually led to the Holocaust during World War II and what is being done within our society right now about whites. Um, Read it for yourself. It's amazing. Um, but Christopher Rufo did, uh, he, he says, the city of Seattle held a training session for white employees called Interrupting Internalized Racial Superiority and Whiteness. So I did a public records request to find out exactly what this means. Let's go through it together in this thread. And... Um, Dreyer says the things he quotes are jaw-dropping. This is the city of Seattle, local government, and their employer instructing them to hate themselves as white people and to work to make themselves subservient to others, not in a humble sense, but rather in a racialized domination and submission sense. A couple of clips from the material. 
and then you've got some screenshots. Cultivating networks of other white people who are practicing anti-racist accomplicehood. Accomplicehood. That was the first time I've ever seen accomplicehood. But we're coming up with lots of new words these days. So you can talk through your struggles in the work of undoing your own whiteness and showing up as allies and accomplices so you can challenge and support each other. So, uh, so you, 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 you need to create a network of other white people who are practicing anti-racist accomplicehood so you can talk through your struggles in the work of undoing your own whiteness. There are people, this is, if you're working for the city of Seattle and you're white, you've got to undo your whiteness. Of course, you never can. So that means you always have to be a second-class citizen. You always have to be paying for the sins of your alleged ancestors, even if they aren't your ancestors. Um, being mindful not to seek affirmation or to get off the hook from white people who will try to absolve you from any form of racism, tell you you're right, and tell you that people of color are wrong, bad, or messed up. Because no one of color has ever been wrong, bad, or messed up. When we watched that video today of a black father being killed by a black man right in front of his little daughter, shot through the, you know, the guy car, car pulls up and shoots him dead right there in the street. You watch him die. That, that's, not, that's not messed up. That, that's your fault. Yeah, it's a black man shooting a black man, but it's your fault. It's, it's because it's never the fault of the black community. It's never the fault of fatherlessness or any of the, No, none of that stuff. No, that, that's all irrelevant. None of that can be allowed into the equation at all. You can't actually solve this problem because the, the, the problems cannot be discussed. Yeah, so. um, and let's see. Letting go of the things we have to give up in order to be accomplices... Such as, uh, accomplices, that's a strange, you know, accomplicehood, accomplice is normally a negative term. You know, you, 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 you arrest the accomplice in the, in the, so what things do you need to give up, white man? Comfort. Um, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick has given up all comfort too. In fact, he's never had comfort because he's a black man, so he, but if, did you see the pictures of him with his uh, sports car and his mansion and all? Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's suffering, just completely oppressed, completely so. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with Disney too. Uh, comfort, any expectations or presumptions of emotional safety that is either uninterrupted or immediately restored. Uh, you need to let go at times guaranteed physical safety. Control over other people and over the land. Relationships with some other white people. Social status, niceties from neighbors and colleagues, the certainty of your job. <laughs> it's just the opposite of that. If, if you actually hold to the old American way of equality, you're going to lose your job now. That's the reality. Fitting in all the time. Accepting jobs and promotions when we are not qualified, including racial equity jobs. And white normative behaviors that only work for us when we're operating as individuals. 
This is not diversity training. Uh, this is white people are evil training. Uh, and this is what's, what's, what's going on. Uh, and then there's a picture of uh, D'Angelo, uh, who also claims non-white people cannot be racist. No amount of facts can possibly uh, change all of that. Um, and then we have uh, Carlos Lazada wrote concerning um, D'Angelo's book. In D'Angelo's telling, however, race relations in America are actually not profoundly complex, as she initially puts it, but simple and binary. White people should be regarded not as individuals, but as an undifferentiated racist collective. Sort of like the Borg. Yeah, sort of like... You know, I think about it. The Borg normally looked white. I remember. Do you remember any black Borg? Do you remember any Chinese Borg? I don't remember any of those. They just look. They look. They look pretty white. So, yeah. If you're not a Star Trek person, don't worry about it. Um, white people should be regarded not as individuals, but as an undifferentiated racist collective socialized to fundamentally hate blackness and to institutionalize that prejudice in politics and culture. People of color, by contrast, are almost entirely powerless. And the few with influence do not wield it in the service of racial justice. People of color rarely emerge as fully formed characters in these pages, except to provide opportunities for white Americans to engage in an authentic exploration of racial realities, that is, to help them know when they are doing better. White skin bad, non-white skin good. That's, that's, that's what you get. And unfortunately, that book has been on the bestseller list for the past 14 weeks. Corporations are requiring employees to read it. Um, and, in fact, uh, the, uh, the numbers two, three, and four books are White Fragility, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Kendi, and Stamp from the Beginning, also by Kendi. Um, now, Kendi is even worse. Um, it's been a national bestseller for nine weeks now. Kendi argues that if the outcome within a social group is not racially balanced, then that group is racist. It, it can't be, it can't have anything, and folks, this is where it's, tune, in, tune back in here for a second. It can't have anything to do with sin. This is, this is a Marxist world. It's a Marxist worldview. And all the categories that you and I use of sin, um, sin is a disgrace to any people, is what the scriptures tells us, Right? Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And so you can't talk about fatherlessness. You can't talk about over 70% of fatherlessness within the community. You, you cannot talk about sexual morality. You cannot talk about abortion. You cannot talk about any of those things. That They are totally off the table. Instead, um, if the outcome within a social group is not racially balanced, as if... None of those other things impact anything. We all know, every study that's ever been done, if you stay in school, if you don't have kids before you graduate and get a job and get married, if you marry and stay married, if you raise your kids in that household, the outcomes are completely different than if you don't do those things. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. Those are the facts. That's the reality. But that reality will not help you to destroy the United States of America and Western culture as, whole, as a whole. So we ignore that. That's what, if you cared about lives, if you cared about truth, 
those would be the things you'd be focused upon. You would be doing things, you would be destroying the governmental interferences that since the 1960s have destroyed the black family. You would be rebuilding the black family. You would be encouraging fidelity in marriage. You would be encouraging the conclusion of education. You would be bringing social shame upon the utilization of alcohol and drugs within the community. You would be shaming Planned Parenthood for particularly targeting the murder of unborn black babies that they have purposefully helped to create so as to make their own money. Uh, because of the promotion of promiscuity within the community, you would be doing everything differently than what we're doing. We're doing it completely backwards because we've got the wrong world worldview. We've got a worldview that is for people who don't live in this world, which is God's world. So you want to destroy lives? This is how you're going to do it. Who is suffering since... The Floyd incident. Who's suffering? How many, how many white people have been killed in comparison to how many black people? And which lives matter? Worldview. Worldview. Um, but Kendi, this Kendi writes, uh, well, Dreyer just points out in passing, presumably he would not apply this crude metric to the National Basketball Association or the National Football League, which gives the whole game away. Uh, that's true. Kendi writes, quote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. That is the recipe for the destruction of a nation through racial war. And it's the, he has the number three and four best-selling books on Amazon right now on this subject. That's insanity. It's evil. It is as evil as the day is long. It will result in tremendous damage and many lives lost. But that's what he's teaching. Listen to it again. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. I thought discrimination was wrong. No, it's not. It's what kind. See? The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. That's an anti-Christian understanding. Do, do we understand this? This is, this is why our culture up to this point in time had said no, because there was still enough of the influence of the Sermon on the Mount left for this kind of thing to not be able to function. To, to not come into, into, into our situation. But not anymore. So, the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. There's, a couple years ago, some people got together in Atlanta and had a conference. And one of the things we said over and over again, and I said over and over again as one of those people... There's no redemption within the woke church. There's no end game to this. And there it is. Listen to this. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. It's amazing. Kendi also demands, ready for this, folks? 
also demands a constitutional amendment to establish a politically unaccountable government agency, the Department of Anti-Racism, the DOA. The DOA would be responsible for pre-clearing all local, state, and federal public policies to ensure they won't yield racial inequity, monitor those policies, investigate private racist policies when racial inequity surfaces, and monitor public officials for expressions of racist ideas. Remember, this is their definition of racist, which means if you're a white person and you're thinking, you're thinking as a racist. The DOA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials who do not voluntarily change their racist policies and ideas. Um, the last few leaders of the Kremlin are smiling in their graves. Smiling in their graves. That their successors are now number three and four on the Amazon uh, Amazon. Uh, list. Amazing. Uh, and again, racial inequity. So I suppose what that means is if Steph Curry drops 35, does that mean some white guy in the other team has to drop 35 too, or someone's going to take it out and shot? We have to have equity, but we all know what equity actually means. It doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that. Um, wow, there's just, there's the, the. In his 4th of July address via Twitter, Joe Biden said, or whoever writes for Joe Biden, the one thing we do know is that when Trump tweets, it's Trump tweeting. <laughs> and the other thing we know is that when Joe Biden's tweeting, that ain't Joe Biden tweeting. So that's, those, those are some certainties we can have right now. Joe Biden said that we can tear systemic racism out by the roots. According to the new progressive dogma, systemic racism is what you have when a system, even if it appears to be race neutral, results in outcomes that disadvantage non-white people. Remember, nothing else can be figured in. Nothing else can be figured in. That is, even if you cannot identify a specific cause of racism, a system should be understood as racist if black people do not thrive in it. So if black educational achievement is disproportionately low, that's evidence of systemic racism. Black men are disproportionately represented in violent crime statistics. Systemic racism. Society made them do it. Fix the structures of society and you eliminate racism. Christian, are you listening? What is missing in all of this? Any understanding of man as the image bearer of God holding responsibility before God for his actions. It's all about systems. It has nothing to do about individuals. And so when you see the hardworking minority of any color, Asian, Hispanic, black, that succeeds by refusing to follow after worldly things. They, they sacrifice. They don't have kids until they get married. They get their education, and they do well here. They do far better here than they could ever do in China. They do well here. That's an inequity. 
you can't look and go, well, that happened because of these things. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to look at anthropology. You're not allowed to look at morality and obedience to simple principles that are really derived from God's law. No, no, no. None of that will ever function to promote the Marxist ideals. Dreher says, this is Marxism 101, you know. This eliminates individual responsibility, reduces complex human beings down to the color of their skin. Taken to the extreme, you get the red terror. Adjudicating people's guilt or innocence based on their class. That's exactly what happened in the red terror. Under communism. You were guilty by what job you had and what class you were in. Not by what you thought, did, anything else. Personal responsibility, gone. This is the absolute negation of all of the concepts contained in the Constitution of the United States Bill of Rights. It's a, it is an absolute, complete, and total revolution. And there are many people in our government that are very much uh, there to promote that. Uh, I, I, just, I would just highly recommend to you um, that you read this article. I retweeted it. I well, either retweeted or reposted it on Facebook, one of the two. Um, it is um, it will shine some light on um, on the situation that we are facing, and we need to we need to have some light shown upon it. Uh, the comp of the woke. Uh, I don't agree with anything Rod Dreher says, but he often has his finger on the pulse, and uh, that is an excellent. An excellent article, and so um, did I. Yeah, uh, Mark Lamprecht had, had also posted it, and um, <laughs> I just happened to see this. Did Did you see the survey that said one in five Democrats, uh, one one in five Democratic voters believe Biden is suffering from dementia? They're still going to vote for him, though. That's that's the thing. They're still going to vote for him, and they would say, "Well, we don't have any choices." This scenario is very easy to understand, where the chief of staff says, I'm sorry. Are you using your mic on? Yes, my mic's on. Oh, okay. I know. i got to turn this on, too. The chief of staff simply says, I'm sorry, the president is taking a nap at the moment. What would you like me to decide? Yes, yes. And that's the guy that's going to be in charge of it all. Oh, it's not going to be a guy. It's going to be a cabal of radical leftists. Um, You bet. That's exactly what's coming. That's exactly what's coming. It is, it is absolutely an astonishing thing. So check that out. Uh, check that out. Um, now, dear fellow Christians, I, uh, I, hold on a second. I need to get a nice cold drink of water. Before this one, I understand those of you who have been um, saying on social media, look, you've got to stop saying that the church is being persecuted. We're not receiving anything like what they're receiving in other places. Well, if other places means North Korea, yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. 
But North Korea didn't just pop into that either. There was a process that led to the fact that North Korea is lit- is is spiritually and physically one of the darkest places on the planet. Uh, it's physically one of the darkest places on the planet because they don't have enough electricity to have lights at night. So it, it's a it's a bad place. Um, and that's where we're headed. If you keep listening to the leftists, we're, we'll end up in the same situation. But I'm, I'm seeing all these people saying, look, 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 look. You know, when the, when the government says not to sing, they're just trying to help us save our own lives. That's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. The, the numbers demonstrate that's not what I mean, just simply an objective look at the deaths. Look, look at the death numbers. Look, look at the chart. Happened in Italy, Israel. It's happening here. Down, 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 down. Right? That's not going to help keep the narrative going of the panic, 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 panic through November. That's what they need. That's what they want. That's what they're extending these things out. And even the conservative states have given in. They, the, the governors have cowed to the pressure. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but I hope I live long enough to see someday, if, if anyone has the freedom to do it, to see the books that will come out that will document the monetary and political corruption that has defined the response to COVID-19. I... I don't think anyone will ever be able to actually go back and really determine causes of death and things like that. The numbers have been padded horrifically, horrifically. Um, But that issue aside, um, if you are, there is a, there is a level of naivete amongst a lot of Christians when it comes to the government, when it comes to government interference in the church. And part of it, I've talked about this before, but part of it is just simply the way we were raised. There are a lot of people that have a real tight connection between waving the flag and waving the Bible as if it's doing the same thing. And it's not doing the same thing. And so when that government starts going, well, we need you, we are going to tell you these are things you cannot do. So California Christians, you cannot sing and worship. That's, a, that's bad. And we'll, we'll give you a pseudoscientific explanation for why that is. The numbers won't back it up. And in fact, yes, you can provide numerous peer-reviewed medical journal articles that demonstrate that what we're saying and forcing you to do is completely bogus, but that doesn't matter because we're in charge. So don't sing. Well, the reality is um, that's just a first step. Article, July 6th, yesterday, China requiring churches to praise communist government and sing national anthem in order to reopen after lockdown. Now, this is 
not the underground church. This is the compromised church. This is the regulated church. This is the church that is acceptable to the state. Here's a quote. Um, The church finally reopened after five months, 147 days, or 21 Sundays, the person said. But instead of singing hymns to praise God, the government required us to raise the national flag and sing the national anthem praising Xi Jinping's victory in fighting the epidemic. This is completely contrary to our belief. This is the compromised church. This is the allowed church. Um, A pastor of another church said the government required him to attend a conference to study Chinese President Xi Jinping's response to the coronavirus pandemic and were presented with a 100-page document on the topic. Preachers must mainly talk about the state's policies, he said. Those who disobey will be arrested. Another pastor stated his belief that the government seeks to make all people believe in communism only to cynicize Christianity. He says, so these um, government churches called three self-churches, three self-churches should follow the path of house churches, he added, and hold meetings in secret to avoid being controlled by the CCP and save their pure faith. Might be a little late to be going that direction, but here's the point. Um, on what logical basis are you assuming that the leftists in our country who are destroying our past, destroying any memories of our past, destroying any connections with our past, who clearly detest the Constitution of the United States, consider it an impediment and are doing everything in their power to destroy it through the courts, through who they're electing. Why do you think, for a second, that these people, once they have control of the reins of government, and that's what they are intending to do in November, they will burn this country down to get control. Because once they have the presidency, the Senate, and the House, they can pass anything they want. And they've said, they have straight, you can document, they have said they will pack the Supreme Court. So the Supreme, the, the Constitution will no longer be the, the Second Amendment, First Amendment, all those things will become irrelevant. They have openly said, we will do this. We will get rid of the constitutional form of government. We'll pack the Supreme Court. They will interpret it as a living document. We will take away your your freedom of speech. We'll take away your freedom to defend yourself. That's going to be fun, given what's been going on. That's going to result in violence in the streets. Um, But we will do this. We will fundamentally change this nation. And we will change it into what? Who do you think think is bankrolling this stuff? The CCP. We will simply become CCP East. Well, it sort of depends on how you look at the globe. Which direction is closer, you know. But yeah, CCP East. That's what you, this is what you're voting for. This is what you want. That's where you're going. How do you think the church is going to fare? When the, you know, the Supreme Court just fundamentally enacted the Equity Act, 
the Equality Act. Um, but then once they, they'll pass it and make it even worse and even stronger, we will be looking at the only sound, believing churches that will be left will be house churches. We want to be able to have buildings. You won't be able to have seminaries. That, that, is, that is our future on this track. And there are many Christians who are helping to bring that about out of pure naivete and foolishness. Pure naivete and foolishness. So I hear you, and I just go, what are you thinking? Where, where did your biblical anthropology all of a sudden go? Have you read Romans 1 recently? How about Romans 1, 2, and 3? Let's put them all together. So we get the full bad news about mankind. Understand, this is what sinners are like, and then you concentrate them together, and then let them embrace a worldview where they are simply accidents. Concentrate their sinfulness together, and what do you get? You get North Korea, you get China, you get, you get what's happening to Christians there. And we want to just keep marching that direction as Christians, right? Because that's what I'm hearing people saying. And I'm like, we'll keep the bed warm for you in the gulag, you know, and when you get there, we'll, we'll have a nice chat about all this. One other thing here. Um, <laughs> this just popped up, and I haven't seen many people talking about it. Did you see this? Because, see, if I put stuff on my screen here, Rich can see it. And so sometimes if I want to surprise Rich, I have to keep, people, keep stuff on this screen. Or if I want to fool him, I put stuff on this screen, and then I have the real stuff over here. It all dep- depends on whether I just want to completely freak him out. Um, I almost started the program today saying, you know, greetings, welcome to the dividing line, James White along with along with the, one of the most famous uh, patrons of French art and culture, a man that Paris is begging to come back home, Richepierre. Richepierre is on the other side of the glass there, but I didn't, didn't know if, I didn't want to have my microphone cut off quite that early uh, during the program. It's still a bit late now, anyways, so... That's okay. You should see the list of tags I've got from this program already. Okay, uh, good, great. We'll put Riche Pierre and Paris in there too, and, and we'll be we'll be good. But um, this, <laughs> um, mm, this is actually dated January twentieth, but it somehow popped into my into my feed. Read Martin Luther King Jr.'s advice to a closeted teen. Um, and so, <laughs> there was, um, there was a, uh, okay, um, we thought we, we'd look at some advice he gave a closeted teen in the January 1958 issue of Ebony Magazine. Despite treating the advice seeker's homosexuality as a mental illness, obviously this advice from Martin Luther King Jr. was very much a product of his time. He still offers compassion during a time when many saw homosexuality as a crime and a grave sin. So, how many of, 
and I've had conversations with people where I've attempted to talk about um, men of the past and the issue of slavery. And so we've we've talked about Jonathan Edwards, and we've uh, we've discussed the context in which they lived and things like that. And when you say, well, you're not just simply excusing their involvement by saying, well, it's just the way it was at the time, but you are recognizing the centrality of that structure in that day. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, Basically, get rid of all of them. You know, pull down their statues and get rid of all of them. It doesn't matter what the context was. Well, are you consistent? Are you consistent? Because here's what Martin Luther King said to a closeted teen. Here's what the boy said. My problem is different from the ones most people have. I am a boy, but I feel about boys the way I ought to feel about girls. I don't want my parents to know about me. What can I do? Is there any place where I can go for help? Martin Luther King Jr.'s response, Your problem is not at all an uncommon one. However, it does require careful attention. The type of feelings you have toward boys is probably not an innate tendency, but something that has been culturally acquired. Your reasons for adopting this habit have now been consciously suppressed or unconsciously repressed. Therefore, it is necessary to deal with this problem by getting back to some of the experiences and circumstances that led to the habit. In order to do this, I would suggest you see a good psychiatrist who can assist you in bringing to the forefront of conscience all of those experiences and circumstances that led to the habit. You are already on the right road toward a solution since you honestly recognize the problem and have a desire to solve it. End quote. Now, um, the only way for the pro for the LGBTQ people to handle this is say is to say he was a man of his time. But you won't do that with people 160 years earlier? Nope, they won't. Oh yeah, Black Lives Matter, the, 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 their their whole thing, LGBTQ all over the place. Yeah. So does he get canceled now too? Do you, do you, do you pull do you pull down his statues? Change the name of the streets, yeah. Are, are you going to do that? No, you won't. You won't be consistent because it has nothing to do with consistency. It has to do with promoting the political perspective. It's where we are. That's where we are. Absolutely, positively amazing. So good on everyone, by the way, in California who yesterday... Uh, were singing praises to the Lord. Um, good on all of you. Keep it up. Keep doing it. Um, I think what, what needs to happen is uh, if they're going to send the police in, then you need to make those officers look at what they're doing. Um, are you really going to come in here? And are you, are you really going to stop this service? Um, especially... You know, Sure, make the arguments from the science and demonstrate that, that they're lying through their teeth. That, that's actually rather easily done. The documentation is rather widely available. But um, 
then just look him in the eye and say, guys, we're, we're all going to stand before a much greater judge someday. Are you really willing to do this? Are you really going to go here? There, there aren't enough. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that you, you've got to take the high ground. You've got to start pushing back. They, they've, got, they've got the media in their pocket. Everybody thinks that this is everybody. It's not everybody. It's a small percentage of people. But it's being magnified and amplified a thousand times. And for the sake of our children and our grandchildren, for the sake of Christ's church, communism is the greatest enemy. Communism will kill, communism killed between 120 and 150 million people in the last century. Are we really going to give it a second shot to see if it can beat its record this century? Is, is, will we really do that? Because, you know, the revolution didn't start till you know, mid, mid-teens, so we're only a few years past, so they have pretty much the same amount of the next century to be working on it. We, we want to give them the opportunity to beat that record? Is that where we're going to go? Um, to say that communism is opposed to the gospel is to say something that's really, really obvious. And so what are we going to do? Do you just do you just go along because you've been deceived? Just wake up, folks. Wake up. Wake up. Think about it. Okay. All right. Caught up on the craziness. Um, spent yesterday primarily in the text. Didn't have much of an opportunity doing that today. Today was application of Christian worldview issues. And one of the biggest applications of Christian worldview issues, I think one of the main reasons the church has struggled in response to this is we do not have a biblical anthropology. We do not have a biblical doctrine of man. We have a humanistic doctrine of man. That's what Charles Finney gave us. Blame Finney for that. That's where it came from. That's where the problem is. We do not have a serious biblical anthropology. Because if you understand a biblical anthropology, then you'll see why these forms of anarchy amongst man that do not take seriously either the value of man as being made in the image of God, the responsibility of man that comes from that, or the depth of man's depravity and sin. When you don't have an understanding of those things, you will gravitate towards systems of government that will fundamentally suppress mankind's life. I seem to remember someone who said, I came, they might have life, might have it more abundantly. Yeah, following, following him will do that. Uh, but you, you don't get that when you rebel against him. So anyway, there you go. A uh, little bit of something for everybody on that front. Um, I really wish somebody would, by the way. Um, what was this? Oh, that's right. I wish... What was the name again? Um, Hardin-Simmons University? Well, that was way way back here. Um, I would like to find out from um, Hardin-Simmons University exactly... Because, you know, the president comes on in his polo shirt, which is what all university presidents have to wear now, but... 
uh, comes on his polo shirt, and he's talking about how disappointed we were in one of our students. And I, I'd like to find out from this Christian university. So what you're saying is you dis, you you discourage your students from observing hypocrisy on the national level. And in fact, that's disappointing to you when they express that. Is that... Am I missing something? I, I'd really... Because if there was some... T- terrible, obvious, if there was some type of expression of racism on her part, like we just read from the co-founder of the BLM t- Toronto, Ontario, Ontario, whichever one it was, up in Canada, okay, that, okay, I get it. But if all it was was observing that the media and culture yawns about black-on-black death, but white-on-black death by a cop just results in cities burning down. That happens to be a fact. You you kick your students out for, for factuality. I, I'd like to know. I'd, I'd like to get this. This concerns me because this is basically saying to Christian young people: shut up, be afraid, be afraid. Um, everybody else. Something tells me if the students at that university promoted BLM. They'd be, well, you want some time off in class? Great. You want to go protest? Great. Yeah, extra credit. But if you dare have meaningfully Christian thoughts about this subject that are consistent with biblical revelation, you're out of here. I just like to know because, you know, people are always asking, well, you know, where can you go for a Christian education? And if you're advertising yourself as a Christian university, Maybe you might want to protect Christian students. That'd be interesting to know. So I'd be interested in finding out uh, a little bit more about that. Ashley Brock was her name. Ashley Brock. So if anybody knows, anybody would like to contact me, let me know what the whole story about that was. Um, I I think Hardin-Simmons University needs to be very straightforward as to why this happened. And um, I think the rest of the... Christian students in that university would like to know where they stand, too, uh, as to how they're supposed to see these things. So, yeah, anyway. Okay, so, Lord willing, on th- oh on Friday, we're going to be recording another Sweater Vest Dialogue. Now, here's the problem. Sunday, the predicted high uh, in the Phoenix area is between 115 and 116 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that's not anywhere near the record, uh, but it's toasty. It's toasty. And so I just want everyone to understand how willing I am to sacrifice for the continuation of this discussion. Now, uh, this air conditioner couldn't get it down. Not once that I'm, I'm, let's just hope it doesn't freeze up again. Like it did once before when it was about 116 degrees outside. Um, no, I won't have it any cooler than it is now, but, um, I, I do have my sweater vest in the other room and we'll, we'll survive. We'll, we'll get it through, but, uh, we'll be recording that on, uh, on Friday. And, uh, something tells me some of the recent events up there in Moscow will might sneak in, uh, because the subject that we will be addressing, but, uh, we'll be doing that on Friday. So be watching, Hopefully, early next week, midweek, uh, for uh, that uh, that release and being uh, that dropping as well. So we will see you, Lord willing, on Thursday. Thanks for watching. God bless.